0: Testing, testing. Can you hear me?
1: Just happened to, uh, yo, on. I am having some technical difficulties today, people. uh my camera is not doing its job. What's happening. All right, I'm sorry guys, I don't know what's going on. Hmm having a meltdown here. Alright, man, let's do this. I do not know if you guys can uh see me. <clears throat> not there we go. I'm gonna do that because something's going on with my other camera. Man, that's orange. What's up, everybody? Yeah, that's better. John Fish knows nothing and uh i don't know what's going on with my stream so awesome (laughs) all right guys uh thanks for uh hanging out through the technical difficulties i'll play something pretty and then talk to our guest all right man of mystery uh coming to us sean what is going on how is uh you're in texas
0: yep um, am back here in san antonio texas hey san antonio texas awesome man how you been try to let me try to adjust this here just a bit oh. yeah
1: just kind of zoomed out i don't know what's going on my other camera i have a much nicer camera
0: now but let me try that. And you, usually, I'm, I'm just like kind of zoomed in a bit. Um, Scared. Uh, when, when I actually do like my streams, but th- this actually works. Let me. See if we can probably like maybe. That. Nah, it's not gonna work. Uh, I don't have a stand. Wait a minute. Let me try to do like this. I don't want to show this off. Friend, friend made this for me. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Sweetness. Sweetness. Can you guys hear me? Hey, loud and clear, man. How you been? Man, I I feel so much better now. I did not think that I would be able to actually live here in, in America like this for what the last year where, you know for the stuff that I've been doing. And um, yeah. right now I feel fantastic. Man. Yeah, health wise or or uh, just in general health wise, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, you're, you're how you, you know, when, when you're actually sitting up and making money, doing things that actually can make you money and allow you to live the life that you want to live. Um, you, you, you can't, you don't have many complaints, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, cause it seems like every time I come back home from overseas um, I'm always trying to find ways to go back to Korea because it was like, Everything yeah, so let's give a little uh, background for everybody who, who
1: doesn't know you. Um, and oh. I know Sean because he came out and and, and shot a, a video for one of my seminars. So uh, mm-hmm. my uh, um, Indian Land the seminar I have on my gumroad that is uh, shot by this man here. So he's got the private small group and the, uh, the big seminar. So that's how I met you. But we've been... Uh, find each other on social media for a while and you've come from you living in living abroad for a while in Korea. Yeah. What brought you out to Korea in the first place? How long were you from the for, uh, for, for the first time you went out there and um, you know, how long you've been there?
0: All right. So a friend from university gave this idea, uh, put this idea on, on my, in my mind, uh, about a year after we graduated, she we both graduated the same year in the same field, which is video media production, and so, and so when she was having a hard time trying to get do work do work in that field, someone had said to her, "Hey, try to do Korea." So she went off to South Korea and taught English over there, and she put the idea on me too, but I wasn't too keen on it at the time because I was really dead set on wanting to do video media production, so. Uh, we So I, I said to myself, okay, you know what? Let me see how it works out for, with her for about a year. A year goes by, and she says that it was the, probably the most fun she ever had uh, doing so. So I go over there. I do it. I expected to stay for at least two years, but I ended up doing at least eight and a half in Asia. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, in between those eight and a half years, I actually did try to come back to America to you know get in the real world, as what the uh, boomers would say. And I uh, try to work in my field and I did. So um, I worked for a, an ABC affiliate in West Texas that didn't work out too well because I just was not a fan of how the industry worked out. So mm-hmm. um, after that, I yeah, went back sausage to my just made. Yeah, 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 pretty much. And yeah. so, I went, so I went back to Korea and then just stayed until I met up with you. Mm-hmm. So you've been you've been back here uh, since that seminar? mm-hmm yeah in texas yeah um i moved from i'm originally from arlington texas which is a suburb of dallas and fort worth mm-hmm. like literally in between and um i made my move down now to san antonio um about three months but it would be four months four months um in a couple of weeks now yeah mm-hmm. san antonio border town Mm-mm. no no no, so you- no no we're about it's more like a military town. We're about two and a half hours north of the other border towns. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't remember where
1: I where I crossed over because I fought in Mexico uh, a couple times, and there's a some point in Texas we went to, and that's where we got into cars and drove the rest of the way.
0: Hmm. Yeah, probably like McAllen somewhere like that is usually like one of the more popular border towns yeah looking back
1: it was uh that was wild man I got into a car by myself with three strangers didn't speak any (laughs) English we drove for like two hours into uh oh man Monterey Monterey City yeah it was wild sure what what do you recall what went down what made it so wild no just that i uh i was you know 24. i didn't know who these people were i had no like you know cell phones were just starting to be a thing it wasn't like you know it was the safest of uh circumstances i probably wouldn't do that now
0: <laughs> well, it was like it was when like, you were a young man yeah <laughs> young and like whatever
1: they said they're taking you out of the thing i'm gonna go fight up somebody in a place it'll be all fine it'll be fine
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs> So what are you what are you doing now? Um, these days I am actually I'm still doing video media production, but I'm not doing it the way that I did in Korea. Um, these days I'm actually getting into other skills and putting my video media skills into use. Like the uh, main thing main thing I'm doing right now is I now work as an insurance adjuster. Mm. Great guy uh, by the name of Steven Story got me into this. I interviewed him on my podcast last year, and I think um, I and him. I say what? I think I follow him. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. He's he's super awesome, and because of and but because of uh, uh, we I interviewed him on my podcast. He and I wanted to talk to him because he was living in Brazil. Wanted to know how he was doing it, what he was doing, and the week I came back, I think after I worked with you, he called me up and says, "Hey, get into." insurance adjusting right now i'm gonna give you this course i want you to buy this course get into it and you'll get to work and that's how i've been able to live here in america ever since damn what does insurance adjusting pertain
1: Um, i I think of uh i think of uh fight club Mm. wasn't that what wasn't that what uh ed norton's character was something he was
0: flying around I, i just got through reading the book um I think he was more advanced. Uh, well, he oh, actually yeah. worked for the company uh, for like an insurance. I think it was, he was working with the insurance company. He's doing more technical stuff. Mm. Basically, what I do is let's say you get in a car wreck or something bad happens to your house. Um, you call the adjuster and, he, and you tell them what happened. They make note of it and we give it to the other adjusters that work in certain fields. And uh, they make, I basically make sure that, that you're taken care of and that you get your paycheck and you're good to go. Okay. It's not, it's, not the most, it's not the most glamorous work, but it's a start for for what I want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. If you can work from your home, too, and you don't have to uh, report to anybody, like, minute by minute, sitting in an office.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, in some ways, we do have to – we don't have to report, report too much, but – um, a lot of it is just basically just getting on the phones, talking to people, putting in the, putting the information in, giving it to the manager, making sure. And they make sure that everything is all, is all Gucci. And then we work, go to the next person and it's basically 10 hours a days, 10 hours a day, six to seven days a week. I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's not the most glamorous job. And sometimes you can just feel really dull just sitting on your, just sitting on your ass, feeling yourself getting fat and all, but once you but uh once that check comes in you're making like i'm making uh, my last deployment i was making over twenty three hundred dollars a week um um I, that's after taxes and i'm like shit, man I can, i'm not gonna complain about this too much i can just buy a gym membership you know mm-hmm. buy some buy some buy some uh um weights and stuff at the house work out before i go to work resistance fans, uh,
1: yeah
0: yeah, doing all the uh, the stuff that the um yeah, my resistance band the, course. The stuff that you make <laughs> Yeah, oh, <laughs> you using your courses to help me out. Yeah. Oh man, yeah,
1: I still uh I uh I'm, I still use the uh bands. I mix them in with my other stuff I'm doing. It's nice to get a little uh, variation. Yeah. What was it that so you you uh find your way over to uh, South Korea so what
0: what was the type of work you were doing oh I did a lot of things the um the first thing that I did was be an English teacher that, that was my main thing I was that was the legal way I could stay into the country so like they say okay you have your college degree you have no prior um, criminal record you can come in here and you can teach our kids but while I was doing that I was also Putting putting in work again using my my degree and create a YouTube channel where I would interview people all throughout Korea and Japan and I uh, just try to get some information about um, you know about about uh, about on people's opinions about certain things in the country or outside of the country. Um, and in between all of that, I worked as a freelancer and I worked with um, small and big name companies and uh, big name individuals. Um, trying to make, trying to make sure everything that they do in Korea, everything in Korea for them was just the absolute best. Like uh, the the one big person I worked with, they were a multi platinum um, artist, rapper here in America, and him and his and, and uh, his team, they were they were working on a uh, blockchain, basically to just help people out, I mean to do things with cryptocurrency. That was cool. And the last thing I did was acting, and I uh, acted in a movie, and I acted in two dramas that's on Netflix right now. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. I just wish I stayed longer so I can be on Squid Game. Man, <laughs> just missed it. Do I just that much. <laughs> just missed it. That's funny.
1: <sighs> but I'm just Man, like, what, 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 uh, I'm like, what are some of the things that you? really liked about living in South Korea because <clears throat> I've been to, I've been to Tokyo like five times, but that's not the same as, you know, like living somewhere for an of time. Even when I spent it, I spent a month in Thailand and even that is, uh, you know, you're barely feeling, you're barely getting a, a feel for the place in that much time.
0: Whew, the thing i liked about korea the most the the fact that i could really be myself and not be afraid of what other people thought of me you know outside of the other foreigners that lived up there but they come and go right i was i love the feeling of really being different not just in my skin color but just but just being someone that that most other people wouldn't expect from a foreigner and cause it's like whenever you yeah, have, like I said, you have so many foreigners that come and go and they're all the same. They're all cookie cutter. I wasn't, I was never, ever cookie cutter. Basic. Yeah. Super basic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got your basic bitches and your basic bros up there. And so, but I, I used I took that as a chance to be like, Hey, people always in America say to me, Oh, Sean, you're weird. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I was able, I was allowed to be weird weird um, crazy mhm mhm oh yeah i mean i mean you got to be crazy to live 30 minutes from north korea you got to be crazy to do that yeah yeah you you, you got to be crazy to go to another country not know the language and adapt to it and try to uh, speak it because if you can mm-hmm. at least attempt to speak the language they'll love you yeah they'll love you
1: that's got yeah that's got to be the language man It'd be so hard I mean, I mean i guess you think it's so hard because you're surrounded by your your own language all the time but like if it came down to survival and it's like yeah no one else is speaking english i got to figure it out
0: yeah what i remember my mom's old hairdresser he served in the military i think he was in vietnam Though so if you look at him he doesn't look it because he looked he looked pretty good for his age but anyway I'll never forget, he said to me, if you want to learn the language properly, any language properly, talk to the kids or talk to the elderly because they will tell it to you like it is. And when I when I spoke to my students in Korean, you know, like right behind my teacher's back, because we're not supposed to, um, Mm -hmm. they would teach me a couple of things. It was like, no, Sean, teacher, no, that's not how you say that. They would just straight up, just, just give you hell for it until you got it right. And it worked. I'm not as fluent as I like to be. But it worked. A little bit goes a long way, I bet. Mm-hmm. But, how, um, uh, how is the dating in South Korea? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question, man. I, I was just talking to some people about that. Dating it's is... is, 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 is a <laughs>
1: new place people need to be taking trips to instead of Poland and wherever.
0: Oh, man, shoot. I've seen, for other people, I've seen some of the most paithy-looking white boys date some of the finest korean women out there and i'm just like how how you know but you know at first i was like how when my first year i was like how but then as i started to actually talk to the ladies and understand i said oh okay but uh for me personally it was great i dated korean women i've dated women from parts of africa parts of south america hold on can i take this Hello.
1: Watch you make his money.
0: Hey, uh, can I call you right back? I'm doing a podcast right now. All right, cool. Rolling in the checks. Lo siento, mireo, Gomenasai. Sorry about that, y'all. That was uh, one of my pro wrestling friends. Oh, nice. But um, to answer the question, I, um, I. Uh, ch- yeah, i dated women from korea other parts of asia south america europe and africa yeah
1: that's that's interesting uh like what what are uh common tourists into south korea like who are the people that are like transient and are there a lot you know you mentioned like students down, you know, <laughs> africa and you know or is it like heavily transient there's people from all over the place because i mean like when i was in uh um thailand it was like there's a lot of australians and there's a lot of uh
0: germans dude there were in terms of europeans there were a lot of germans no, no there were a lot of french and germans in korea and, and russians in korea for some reason i mean where they were either there for studying or they were there just for like some kind of work stuff no. and, and and um but it's like in terms of europeans that's what i saw but in terms of africans i saw a lot of Ghanans so and south africans and and a couple and a, oh, and a lot of nigerians what, a lot, are, a lot the best, of what are the best the best
1: africans to date
0: who south africans no, no 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 oh man it's a it's a hard tie between either south africans or ghana's man women are beautiful yeah, I've, I've dated a couple girls school. from ghana and they're like stubborn it's too much <laughs> <laughs> man that's crazy i haven't had that happen i'm guessing like I, I put off a presence of just hey, just don't 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 give me any bull crap. Please yeah. don't. You know, the that moment the cool. moment I sense it, the moment I sense it, I'm gone. Oh, Moroccans, yeah. I, I um I was cool with a Moroccan. I wanted to date her, but uh got in chat, but uh it just never happened. So many of them were students, and our dates never lasted a long time. Oh yeah. But uh in terms but, of Koreans, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to shit where you eat. Mm-mm. But in terms of dating Koreans to answer your question, I had little to no problem. There were a lot of Korean women that wanted to be with a black guy and, and just and, or just American in general. And um and um, you know, due to me having to be away all the time, we weren't able to make it long term. But um, but that's not to say though we didn't we didn't make some things work out. You know, like going into the uh uh, uh what's that room? What do they called? The the uh, love rooms or the date love hotels, basically. So <laughs>
1: they have they have love hotels,
0: date, date
1: rooms. That's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, I like the ones in Japan though. They are at least they at least have personality. The Korean ones are just kind of just blah. <laughs> but um, um that's funny. What word of advice for anybody that goes to asia into like the japanese or korean love hotels do not use their condoms do not you if you're if you're foreign if you're american do not use your con- their condoms if you know anybody that goes to the military that that's in the military u.s military ask the, ask them to hook you up with some um foreign condoms or with some uh, like american condoms because uh, those those things those korean condoms japanese condoms they will break on you i've had it happen Who that was scary <sighs>
1: Yeah, Ooh, I don't that was scary. trust the, uh, the worksmanship. American-made condoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me get that red, white, and blue
0: coloring on there, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 747. Trying- no, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got
1: into, uh, were you doing a lot? You were doing a lot of stuff for pro wrestling
0: over... Over there, weren't you? Um, in Korea, very little. Well, I mean, oh. Korea and Japan, yeah, I, I guess you say that. Um, I didn't really do too, do as much as I as I like to. I only thing I did was that I just went to uh, in in Korea. I went to a show. I, I went mm-hmm. to this one one promotion called uh, Pro Wrestling Society, and um, they're fairly new. Those guys, those guys were awesome. I um, I remember the, that was one of the last videos I did before I came back. I did a video with with like one of the uh the uh, heel or bad guy factions called lion's den and um they they pretty much beat me up in the ring um yeah and i, and I almost had i thought i had gotten a concussion when they like did like a shoot punch on me like a like one of those fake uh, internet punch no internet uh wrestling punches it's like i tried to do do a fall um in pro wrestling because the way you fall is similar to how you fall have to have to fall in a jujitsu Day yeah, you do like the break fall, and you hit, you make the big sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing is, though, I didn't took my head as far as I liked, and I hit my head on that mat, and I thought I got a concussion. Thankfully, I didn't, but I was still in a lot of pain. Scramble
1: your brains a little bit on the mat. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, in Japan. Yeah, that's why you,
1: I don't people ask me about the pro wrestling thing. I'm just like, you beat your, you beat the shit out of yourself. For what? I was like, at well, least if I'm fighting, I can
0: hurt somebody else. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair though, to be fair, uh, in order for them to at least get it to look real, like they will actually put the holes on you, not too tight, but at the very least, they'll, yeah, they'll make they'll, they'll make it tight enough. Like
1: you're you're really beating yourself up to 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 like per, do a pretend fight, and I'm I'm just that's too much. It's too much,
0: too much of pain and suffering.
1: I remember <laughs> just that's just what really boss.
0: Boss Rutan said the same thing um, in the early 2000s. He was uh, he he did he had a stint in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And well, they have the, you watch
1: you watch your old Pancrase videos. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, a
0: lot of those were works. Most of them were probably works. Even uh, even the uh, Frank Shamrock stuff. After it's think, been a while, I think,
1: I think some of the stuff was. I think.
0: Yeah, they were playing. They like, were playing
1: the line. They were playing the line on entertainment and and fight on a lot of this stuff. You know. Yeah, you had, you had to sell I, certain things. <laughs> you, you true. Can see just some of the mannerisms, some of the ways they do things is just.
0: Oh man, I mean, it's like yeah, that that whole it was like the whole shoot wrestling. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. And that, that whole fine line of it, it was entertaining as fuck. But at the same time, you kind of yeah. you knew it was bullshit. But it was entertaining bullshit, and you just couldn't get enough of it. But um, but a lot of times though, yeah, you are I mean, beating even, yourself up. I think and you pride,
1: yourself. pride was, pride was like a freak show. You know, pride never dies. Pride, pride. never dies. <laughs> just because it was just everybody was super gassed up and like crazy matchups that would you know that no, no sanctioning body should allow,
0: no, no whatever government body should have allowed. But, uh, man, they were fun to watch. Well, they had the Yakuza behind Pride, so they, they pretty much were just like, hey, do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Well, I mean, like you know, anytime you have a sports competition, there's, like, heavy gambling. So anytime there's heavy gambling, like, there's a, a big interest there from uh, organized crime.
0: And, uh, you know, they had their fingers in plenty of those fights. Mm-hmm. That and in uh, pro wrestling... And to and a lot a whole bunch of other things. We have some of our American friends. We often joke we did, about how yeah, the Yakuza I, were like the police of Japan. Uh,
1: I fought in this show called X One. Um it's up on my YouTube channel. People can watch that fight. But uh it was our our uh our friend Brian Johnson, he'd fought in the UFC, he was a aka member back in the day. Um he partnered with New Japan Wrestling to do this one time event. And um two of the two of the fights were were worked. They were New Japan wrestling guys. One was a 16 year old kid that was like kicking bats in half. And then um Christian Walsh was he fought a heavyweight, this heavyweight guy. And <clears throat> the guy was so terrified that Christian had to like like walk him through the submission. He had to, like punch his way to a clinch and then grab the guy's hand and like Put it on his neck
0: and give him the joke. He goes, "Yeah, it's funny." <laughs> New, New Japan in the early 2000s was a trip. Antonio Inoki was on was on something. He was really because he loved MMA so much, where he wanted to try to implement that into his programming, and people were hating it. They like the Japanese legit hated it. Mm. You know, was New that Japan. when like uh, Randallman and and Coleman were doing like stints with the uh, pro wrestlers them and them in addition to Bob Sapp and yeah. um Bob and Sapp, uh, uh sap baby <laughs> it's beast time, Stop time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love doing the japanese but no but yeah oh, it was it was yes. during that era and it was just it was and it it's slight, it had a slight revival when Brock Lesnar was there trying to bring some legitimacy back into it and we had the partnerships with TNA but i think after the sale of new japan uh when uh, inoki sold a uh, new japan to a uh, bushi bushi i think it was bushi road or if it was another company i can't remember um mm-hmm. but like when uh they well, when once they got bought out they actually went back to their old roots and started to become good again for the most part but yeah having those mma guys and they're just kind of just almost damn near destroyed new japan mm-hmm. and i'm so glad they i'm so glad that um that that whole show um stopped because i feel like a disrespect both sports mma and pro wrestling yeah yeah it's uh
1: yeah it's a hybrid yeah you're gonna have a weird it's a weird hybrid you can't have like genuine competition fighting and fixed endings
0: it just doesn't yeah. it just
1: feels wrong
0: <laughs> and it should I... <laughs> It really does. I I agree one hundred percent. I was like, hey, look, if I want to see some bullshit, I'll go and watch some bullshit uh, with a uh, pro wrestling, and and suspend my disbelief. But if I want to see some real competition, let me just see that there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to see I don't want to see how how fixed uh, real fighting can be, because you know, again, that's just so disrespectful to the sports.
1: That's why I have a hard time
0: watching a lot of MMA now.
1: I feel like we've gotten away from the true fundamentals of what makes fighting great and it's too much of the the BS show stuff on the outside. What did, what who what did who say about who? Oh. I say I don't I don't care. Let's see <laughs> let's just see him yeah. fight.
0: You know that this is why I miss boxing from the <clears throat> 80s and the 90s, right? You would see the press conferences, like all the anytime you saw Mike Tyson do a press conference or any other fighter <clears throat> from those days do a press conference. It's like, you were tuned in. You wanted to see, okay, who's going to say what, right? Who's who's going to say what to their face? And um, who was going to, who, who was going to either take a beating or give a beating? You know, let's tune in. <laughs> man, oh man. yeah. A, a lot of it, I think you and I, we had to talk about this last year. A lot of MMA today, uh, at least especially in the UFC, just feels too much like pro wrestling. You know, it's like, yeah. I get you want to sell the tickets. You know, you got to have, a, you know, like Charles Stone said, you got to have a good guy and a bad guy. I totally get that. I I, I, I agree with that aspect of it. But when it's just so uh, shown, I mean, I, I, I know what he's saying. But at
1: the same time, when you watch football, is there a good guy and a bad guy? The good guy is the guy you're rooting for. The bad guy is the guy that, that you want to lose. It doesn't have to be that complicated. These guys are overcomplicating it to explain the bullshit that's happening in our sport. That's that's what I think.
0: <laughs> right? Like, Tom Brady you, does a good you, job you, of you, being you, a bad guy. You
1: could definitely focus on ability and technique and, and how good a person is and how effective their techniques are. You could easily do that and – um you know have a great great fights great shows excitement it doesn't have to be the circus these guys are just accepting something because they they don't see they don't have the vision to see another way
0: you know when you when you, when you put it like that I think this or, or they're is getting why paid not to see it mm, true but I, I was thinking about it you, got, you just reminded me of something I actually have a uh, there's an acquaintance that I know of in uh Korea his uh, name is <clears throat> his name is Brennan Lee and uh he he fights him primarily at road FC mm. and but the way they do MMA at least in Korea is like they don't do all that showy BS stuff they they, they keep it super simple like in the old days of um and they, they keep it simple in the old days they're like okay you got two guys up here they respect each other and they're going to just put up put up a really good fight is that and I want to say uh um, uh 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 one one f c you know they both, they both kind of keep it they they kind of keep it simple in a way and it's like oh man you you know these fights are gonna be really good, and when you watch them you're not disappointed in them in them at the very least for so, sure but uh
1: i um uh... <laughs> yeah i I don't know like, a lot of these uh a lot of the, the press and stuff around MMA irritates me because you know they they refuse to see another world where <clears throat> you don't have a, a UFC dominated market where they, they run everything and everybody else is
0: comfortable in their positions. It's just uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. I think we need to bring pressure back into our sports and make everything less <clears throat> comfortable. In a lot of sports, you know, everyone's too comfortable now to say what do whatever they want and say whatever they want, and they don't they they do not uh, um, have any real major consequences. You know, they may say, "Oh, we're going to find this person for this, that, and the other," but they're not really. I don't think they're being fined. You know, but but Dana White really hold the fines for people.
1: I mean, I mean, like yeah, like the the idea that he has that much power over the athletes or that. The promoter in, in itself is more somehow more important than the fighter themselves. Like, it's just a uh, a necessary tool to see the fight, but like it could be any promoter. It doesn't have to be, you know, this this uh, entity controlling everything. Not frustrating. It should be the focus needs to be at, at the fighters and the belts, not not the promoter, not the promotion, and that's just something that. I have a hard time with a lot of these guys in the press and uh, other fighters who they just can't seem to see the world without bowing down to one promoter, at least one promoter.
0: Because w- w- Would you would you say that would be because of the fact that, <clears throat> that UFC is like the top game and everyone just just wanted to be able to make the promoter and stuff happy just so they can just try to get the money that they think that they're going to yeah, get? Yeah,
1: I think it's because it's a direct um, it's run, you know, water running downstream um, because the fact that the, the baseline of this, the sport is based on, you know, conflict of interests. You know, the, the promoter controls uh, exclusive, exclusive contracts, uh, the title, and, you know, your rank. So, like, them being able to control all of those things <clears throat> gives them absolute power. He gets oh, yeah. take it or leave it. It's take it or leave it. There's no working
0: around him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like with Zufa buying up all these other promotions and stuff, um, it feels like it seems as though fighters don't really have any other place to go. Either UFC or Bellator, that's it. Or they can just go to another country.
1: Yeah, there's uh, less and less places to go and fight. Because it's harder to get into the market. Like, if all the, all the top guys are... Their contracts are owned outright by other promotions. Like you can't just come in and throw a bunch of money around and expect people to go out and watch fights. Like they they come to watch the guys. They come to watch the fighters. So if you don't have the names, it's going to be really hard for you to draw the eyeballs and the fans to come in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just one of one of the one of the
0: advantages of
1: owning a monopoly in the market.
0: I like I liked how Bob Sapp would handle that i remember he and i we talked about this oh gosh back in 2012 where he basically figured out a way how to make a name for himself and how to kind of reignite his career by basically losing fights and so because he, he he said to me he said at the end of the day people go to the fights to uh you know i, I put butts in seats so they go to see me they don't go to see all these other stuff they go to see me and it yeah. worked and now he's giving no, right. it up I mean, in Vietnam.
1: It's, it's not right at all like yeah people want to see this huge mountain of a man fight people
0: <laughs> i get it <laughs> i get it <clears throat> true true yeah you know that is uh, i want to tra- go back to in the, in the traveling that is one of the uh, the uh, the big things that i miss about traveling and stuff is just seeing all these larger than life people right and just running into them and and just seeing who they are just seeing why people love them so much and um and then getting to know other people i I think traveling i want to say saved my life if no if anybody in here is looking at this in the uh, chat i can tell you that traveling can and will save your life as long as you keep your wits about you because you can find out so much so much about yourself um going going to a new place the place that you don't know about and just talking to the people and getting to know them and and knowing and uh, knowing what goes on you know why do they why do they do the things they do and why do they why do they get, why do they get themselves into the things that they get themselves into and growing up i was always the per, the kind of person that wanted to just explore new things trying mm-hmm. trying to things out with no fear i'm like my pawpaw he did things with no fear he served in the he served in the army as a Communicator during the Korean War. His his brother, my great my great uncle, God bless his soul, was actually in Korea. In fact, those two are the reason why, or well, the part of the reason why I, I traveled. Those two are part of the reason why I, I traveled. travel.
1: About this Korean woman.
0: <laughs> that story, oh, man, no. you're like I'm going,
1: I know where I'm going. I'm
0: yeah, oh, buddy, man. yeah, buddy. But um, <laughs> but you know what's crazy though. Is that the the first place I worked at? I was actually very close to the base that my uncle was at, and you know I'm glad I'm so. This was the last conversation I had with uh, with my uncle about it. He said, "Oh, he said he was over at at this uh, base near North Korea," and I was like, "Hey, I worked there because it used to be uh, once every so often the military dudes would shoot off expired rounds, and you can hear it at 3 a.m. like, so I thought that was pretty cool, but um with with traveling i was able to break a lot of fears that i previously had being in america because it's like when i'm around you know it's like you kind of like when you're when i was in america i was like a horse that um that you know kind of has like that head mask on whenever they're in a race blinders yeah the blinders yeah that that was me my dad even said that to me at one point but when i traveled i was able to take that off and i was able to um feel a lot of things i've never felt before i was able to feel the bigger thing was gratitude right because if, if, if when you live in it when if when i see koreans right and when i dealt with them a lot of them were kind of grounded into their own reality and they weren't able to really move past a certain level and a lot of them envied us they say you're allowed you're allowed to think whatever you want all right you're allowed to not put it with disrespect because Confucianism is a big thing in Korea. Where you have to respect the elders, even if they're wrong. And the only way you can, and even if you reach a certain level, you still have to respect them, even if they're wrong. Here in America, okay. if uh, if uh, anybody gives you any any crap, any BS, you can just say go away. Can't do that in Korea. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah,
1: there's no respect anywhere in this country.
0: Oh shit! I I was at a I was at a fucking restaurant earlier today. And the waitresses were just, you know, they were just they were just not nice. It's like, you know, you talk about you want, oh, I'm hot. All right. You know, you came up here to look at me and everything. You give me this attention. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna license attention when I don't give you uh the tip. All right. You know, basic decency can work. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh bad service is the worst. But I will say this though, since I got back, Boy I got back to the Oh, sorry. The kids
1: were doing flag football. And I took them to a uh like a big five or whatever, sporting goods store. And um, I guess what it's called. I go in and uh, I find we find some shoes and they need to try on shoes. So I find a guy who's got the vest on with the name tag, I'm like, hey, you got these in this size? And he was like, like, oh. was like sighed and like rolled his eyes and like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, I got like I got to look for shoes, and he went in the back to goes like, find the shoes for the kid. And I was just like, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> it's got to be awful to uh, run a business these days and hire
0: minimum wage work. Yeah, you know, I found a interesting TikTok yesterday. A lady has said that Generation Z, they feel so apathetic about the work, is because a lot of times. They don't feel like. The, a lot of times they they get disrespected in the back, and they're just like, you know what? Instead of working up here, I'll just quit. I'm not going to worry about my two weeks. And in some ways, I feel for them. I I, I felt the same way they did at their age, but at the same time, though, you know, if you're going to be up there, at least try to make other people have a better day. You know. If you um, I
1: think if you're going to do something, you should you should be the best at it. <laughs> I used to be one of the best dishwashers ever. I was like top ten, easily nationwide. Scrubbing <laughs> <laughs> in there like hard, like let me just get this just grease out of here. On I was, I was on my task. i get in my little my little crouched stance position with my feet sumo squat like wide, washed it off, Stock the liquor. Yeah, I got tipped out. Well, it's good. It was a good. It was a good time.
0: And were you doing all that while you were training to fight?
1: Uh yeah, those are like those are the nights that I had to like make money when I was doing my training. I worked uh you know
0: two to four nights a week
1: washing dishes for a little while and I made I made about two hundred dollars a night those days. It was good. It was you a know, good job because I could work four hours, make two hundred bucks. I only I was living off like eight hundred bucks a month. It's like I was
0: doing good. You know, and I think Martial arts. People don't under, people that are not fighters don't seem to understand that martial arts can really help you to build discipline. It can build help you to build solid discipline, and pretty much taking care of anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Because you know, well, one of the things is that you know that um, if if um, if your coach finds out that you were bullshitting outside of it, then um, he'll 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 set you straight, or he'll have someone else come and set you straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
1: if, you, if you're – yeah, martial arts is great for developing discipline because it's not about, oh, I'm going to do this because I feel like doing this right now. It just feels like it's going to be fun to do. It's like martial arts is – this is the time to do it, so it needs to be done. This is like a duty, so you have to, like, fulfill your duty. Just like if, you know – you're doing chores on the farm. You got to you got to collect the eggs from those chickens or you don't
0: get to eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the as, many aspects of martial arts can transition to so many other uh, other uh, parts of our lives, too, like the uh, the confidence building. And because it's like um, and, I, and I, I've adapted this from MMA people, they say, oh, you don't lose, you learn. You know, unless unless like you have,
1: have a, yeah, unless you're in a coma,
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are levels <laughs> you're to that luck. <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, but God, thank you, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you never lose; you only yeah. learn. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's never, it's never a loss; it's a lesson. But sometimes you get your ass
0: kicked. Mm-hmm. And most <laughs> times, you do need your ass kicked. Sometimes you got some people, some people, and sometimes they just need to get their ass kicked just to get humbled a bit. And like, I mean, I, it has, it
1: has, I mean, life, life, the universe tends to just kick you in the nuts sometimes just just for shits and giggles. It doesn't doesn't
0: matter. So you better be ready for it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm actually glad you brought that up. So I'm not talking about if this, you're probably... a humble
1: person, even if you're a humble person, you're doing all this shit right. The universe <laughs> yeah. will still, you know, little Loki kicking the nuts. It has a fun time. Yeah, and to universe like ha,
0: ha 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 Look at him grabbing his nuts go, like that. Ha, ha, hey. You thought you had all this shit. You, you thought you're doing good. You're doing it all right. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> you read the Bible, Job. I mean, the it's Book little, of Job little, is really good on that. It's a little chaos.
1: It's it's just the uh. You have to be comfortable with that idea that like chaos is a regular, usual part of life. Like you can't get mad at when it happens. You, it needs to be
0: expected. Like chaos is going to happen oh oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean and when you deal with that chaos right it's, it's not so much how you react to it it's how you respond to it and if you never really been into it yeah you're gonna you're gonna be free you're gonna be freaking out for a little bit at first but once it happens again and once it keeps happening you'll get used to it you're like okay all right this is happening I'm not going to, I'm not going to laughing
1: at it. You start laughing yeah. at the ridiculousness of it. I'm like, ha ha ha. Of course this happened to me right now. Of course it's what exactly the worst possible thing. It happened. I knew it. Great.
0: <laughs> you know, and I think that's something a lot of young men, um, especially with my generation, um, just don't know how to handle it like the moment they get just a
1: little itty bit of hurt, we're, we're all told that if we do certain things if we check certain boxes if we do if we do it the right way if we do it this way we're going to get the payoff and then you do all those things and then you're 35 and there's no payoff and
0: you get a little salty yeah that red pill rage yes god have, have you ever um experienced red pill rage at one point at any point when you were trying to kind of learn not not not
1: i don't think necessarily that i was uh overcome with like anger or whatever there's just a lot of um there was a point where i was like you know really anti even trying to have feelings towards a female you know because i was just like ah it's just gonna end bad she's just gonna try to take shit (laughs) what's the point? Um, but I never got into the rage. I don't got really, you know, super angry. No. Cause like, I was always hovering on that line. I always kind of knew, you know, always kind of knew, but I was like, no, I got to stick to the blue pill thing. Cause that's, that's the
0: right way. You know, I want to point this out to like the end of the viewers up there, interview viewers that's into the red pill. Um, I actually did experience red pill rage four years ago and but it came from really looking into myself under some into something that was a, that sat deep in me that I didn't know about and I took I unfortunately took it out on a woman that saved my life right this woman was good for me I I would not be here if it wasn't for her I had got pneumonia five years ago no. yeah five years ago I got pneumonia she saved my life. She, she came from Busan to outside of Seoul, which is about a five hour train, train ride. She came on a holiday to make sure I didn't stay at my house, make sure I didn't touch the bed, me this, any other. I wanted to marry this woman. All right. And then the next year, the next year, um, something really deep in me came came out that I, that I didn't realize that that was, you know, was the cause of that was the source of my frustrations. And I took it out on her and uh but i think i did some other stuff i just didn't even realize it mean, she just said hey that's it i'm done with you but um all i want to say is that for all of you young guys in here listening in allow yourself to get metaphorically punched in the face for a bit when you're young so that as you get older you can you you can really just uh um, you know do what john said laugh 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 off the bad things that happen and just know that they're not forever
1: Accept the yeah. You gotta accept the preposterousness of all
0: of it and laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'll just walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. Gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you doing? Uh, all right, man. We're running about an hour here. Had a little bit of technical issues at the beginning. We got it sorted. No problem. The uh, the boomer in the house figured it out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, like like fight through it.
1: So, <laughs> uh, what do you have going on right now? What do you what do you got going on that people need to know about?
0: Oh shit! So right now, what I'm doing is that I'm actually I'm doing a bunch of things. Number one, I am for anybody that's in the state of Texas, I actually just got my license to do uh notary public. So if anybody needs an, any any anything notarized, I I got you covered. Uh, video wise. I'm um, making videos on. I'm, work, I'm working with Steven on being a uh, insurance adjuster. So I have a, a YouTube channel called Insurance Adjusting One Hundred and One. People can check that out. So if they're interested in wanting to get into that, because like I said, that 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 saved my life. Uh, the third thing right now, the phone call I just got. I'm actually working with a pro wrestler from AEW, and so we're. Um, I'm helping. I'm helping them out with a few things um video wise that we're actually trying to in the planning stages of and the uh fourth thing right now is uh, I'm trying to restructure my YouTube channel Sean on site to be where I can like go off and do interviews with people on the street and um, try to get try to try to uh, get a few things, try to get some information out of people, make people laugh basically. You know yeah. it's a fucked up world man. So people need to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, guys.
1: Make sure you're uh, checking Sean out and all this stuff. Thanks for coming on being a guest. I'm going to unplay the off or something. All right, man. Take you later, Sean. Right, PC, Thanks for coming on. Peace. All right, dudes. What are we doing? Everybody good? I'm good. I know it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. You see, I've done everything I can. Be a big stove in a barroom. Yeah, that's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Why in the world would anyone want to put chains on me? I paid my high dues just to make it. Everybody wants me to be what they want me to be. But I'm not happy when I fake it. My bitch. I'm easy, easy like Sunday morning. Screw that. So I'm easy, easy like Sunday morning. I want to be free Ooh, just me I want to know all the things I do in life All right I want to be free Just me Yeah, babe That's why I'm here Uh, Sunday morning. Whatever. I'm good enough. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That was fun. I'll check y'all later.